I get paid to just have this microphone turn on. That's all I have to do. I, I was so thrown off today. Um, I was on the front looking at my notes, and I saw Nelson up there, and I was overwhelmed because he looked so good in that freaking jacket. And I was like, dang, guy's on the stage making me look bad. And um, I almost wore a jacket today, um, but I'm glad I didn't because I'd have to go against that. And so nobody likes to do that. Um, nobody likes to go against somebody else looking um, looking better than you. And ironically enough, we're preaching, I'm preaching a message today on comparison. And so there's a live illustration right there for you on, on, on what not to do. And um, hey, um, well, that threw me off there for just a moment. I know you guys are thinking, oh, you're, you're, it's not going to throw me off at 1030. I'm going to go write that down. Like, I'm going to be ready for uh, 1030. And I love this church. I love everything about it. I love serving you guys. I love the online audience that's watching online today in the comfort of their own home. Own home. I'm not jealous at all. And um, I'm glad that you guys are here today. I believe God's going to do something special in your life today. I love sitting and talking with you guys. I love seeing you guys out in the city, um, just bumping into you guys. And when you're a pastor, you want to know every single person in the city. And, um, and then what happens is that you, you finally get out there and eventually some people know you. And it's just nice to be out in the community seeing you guys. And um, I love, 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 love the city. Um, we've been in a series called Haunted Heart. Haunted heart. My heart this morning is, is, full, of, is full of gratitude and, and thankfulness. Um, again, I, I, I did, I have, when I say that about churches and pastors, I know that they're like, man, I really wish I could get out of my situation. Uh, they pastor at churches that they, that they lead. And it's like, man, you got to shift some things and change some things. And I'm so thankful for the shifts and changes that God is doing in your lives. And you guys make this church super, super fun to pastor. Hey, um, we're going to take communion together in about 15 minutes, and we're going to worship together some more. I'm super excited about what God's going to do today. I'm ready now. And um, I'm kind of, actually, I kind of want to leave. They, they said there's no blackout dates on that universal. I actually want to skip church next Sunday. Come on. <laughs> You're like, I knew he, I knew he wanted to skip church sometimes. And that was proof in the, uh, the proof, proof is in the pudding. Hey, no, I love it. I love, I love getting back here to preach you guys every single uh, Sunday. Saturdays and Sunday. Hey, here's the Bible tells us about the haunted heart. Guard your heart above all else because for it determines what comes in your heart. It determines where you're headed. It determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else. I have taken like a couple of weeks off in the gym and I'm kind of like nursing my body a little bit and I'm kind of been like lethargic this week. And I'm kind of like just taking it easy and I, I've, I've gone from working out for 15 minutes as hard as I can to going on 20-minute walks with my wife. And um, you might call that romantic. That's just where my fitness level is at. <laughs> and I'm just taking it, I'm taking it easy and walking around. And um, now this week I'm like, man, cardio for me was mowing my lawn, you know. And like it was 45 minutes. And I, I bought a self-propelled lawnmower. I really thought it would do more self-propelling than it actually did. I'm really disappointed in the level of self-propel that it actually, I feel like I'm the self-propeller. Like I'm like, it, it, there's a gear, it's, the wheels are turning. I'm pushing it faster than it's going. Um, but the Bible tells us we got to guard our heart. We like to do physical training. And all of us, a lot of us do physical training. You go run, you go walk, you do the things that you should do and you should. And by the way, church, I, I'm, tomorrow morning I'm also going to get a physical tomorrow morning. Like I'm like getting my life together. Like I only, it's only been six years since I've been. So I'm like officially, I, I was thinking about the day I felt so bad because I'm like, hey, healthy life, healthy life, healthy life. And I'm like, dude, you don't, you're, a, you're a hypocrite. You haven't even been to the doctor in six years. And so I'm going tomorrow because I want to be able to get here in January and be able to tell you guys, if you take care of your body now, it'll take care of you later. I won't be able to say it with a clean conscience this year. And so I'm going to go get a physical tomorrow. I'm super excited. I'm like, Diana, tell them I want them to take my blood. Like, I want to make sure, like, I'm, like, super, super healthy because I want to I wanna be able to go the distance in this thing called life and pastoring and leading this church. we got to guard our heart, though. The physical part's important, but your heart is vitally important. What's in here is going to come out in your actions. In here is going to determine where you're headed. We've 
walk through three weeks of this already. Or today's three weeks. We've walked through two other weeks. Week one, we learned this. Guilt will haunt your heart. Guilt will haunt, will haunt your heart. And the problem with guilt is guilt does not just stay guilt. Guilt turns into shame. And nobody wants to live in the shame cycle. None of you guys are created. None of you guys are going to live the life that God's called you to live if your life is full of shame. So we've got to get rid of the guilt in our life. And one of the ways that we do that, the Bible says that we have to confess our sins. We have to talk to God. And the more we confess, the more we pray. The more we confess, the more we pray. He, he helps us stay away from the guilt. And helps us stay away from the shame cycle. Week two, we learn that anger will haunt your heart. Anger will haunt your heart. And I had the boxing gloves last week. Anger, it will haunt your heart. I mean, a lot of people that get angry, they don't address the anger. And that angerness, it turns to bitterness. The anger turns to, to bitterness. And so last week we learned that we got to trade that anger for forgiveness. A lot of people this week have said, man, I really, really, really needed that message. I really, really appreciate that message on forgiveness and, and getting the anger out of my heart. And I was like, we need that because we can't live the life that God calls us to live if we have guilt in our life and if we have anger in our life. And anger, I, I get so mad at Christians who don't forgive people because our whole, the foundation of everything that we believe is on forgiveness. Like I get if we, we kind of, we omitted some of the other things, but like the whole thing is on the whole thing is on forgiveness. The whole entire thing is built upon forgiveness. I was talking to John this week, and last night, um, last night, uh, Derek and Giselle and, and uh, Diana and myself, we went and watched a comedian that was a, a Christian comedian, and uh, he went through a really, really bad season, and he's and he's and he's back, and, he, and he's back, and he's on this comeback tour, and did a phenomenal job. And and Trips like, and Trips said this to me today. I know it's going to cost me money by saying your name. I'm already committed. I get it. The story. I got to tell a story now. And Trip was saying, you like. That guy did bad stuff. Why are you guys going to go watch him? And I was like, this is a, like a huge burning moment right now. This is, a, this is a lesson. And so I said, I said, well, you know, and the Holy Spirit just kicked right in. And that's why the Holy Spirit is so imperative. Because the answer I'm about to give you right now is not in the book. You can't find it anywhere. I wish I could say I got this answer from my mother-in-law because she's been mommy a long time. And she has really, really good answers. But the answer is this. That got to me. I was like, well, I looked at him. I said, well, looked at just right across from the church. I said, well, have you ever messed up before? And he goes. Yeah, I go, and I still love you, don't I? He's like, no, no, I'm kidding. He was like, yeah, you still love me, and I said, and I still like you, right? I said, I'm still supporting you, right? He goes, yeah. I said, same thing with this guy. And I think for us as Christians, sometimes that we get to this point where, like, when we get angry and we get mad, and we're like, well, that person they messed up, and we don't want to be around them. And my nine-year-old can receive the fact that we're called to forgive people. I think as adults, we can learn that we need to forgive people. And Here's the biggest thing we learned last week. This is the biggest thing that was in my heart last week. And this is like nothing super spiritual, but this is facts. There are enough bitter people in the world. Like we don't need, there's not room for any more bitter people. Like there's room for more, but you won't be my friend on Facebook. And you won't, like it just, you don't want to be bitter. You don't want to be bitter. But what happens is we don't address the anger that we, we, let, the, we let the bitterness stay around. And it, the anger stay around. And the angerness, it turns to bitterness. And then next thing you know, we don't even know why we're angry anymore. And we're just look, we're walking around looking for a fight, just looking to fight somebody. Like boxing gloves, ready to go. And so I want to help you release. We want you to God to take that anger from you. The way that we we need to trade anger for forgiveness. But I want to preach a message today called "Life's Not Fair." Life's not fair. I uh, look at Moses' life, and when you look at Moses' life, his life didn't look. It wasn't that great. Like his life, like it, we see parts of it that were good, but he had a lot of bad things happen to him. I'm sure Moses thought to himself, man, life's not, life's not fair. There's a guy in the name of, there's a guy, a guy in the Bible, his name is Jabez. His name means pain. Like his mom named him pain. 
Like I get my mom naming me pain because I was a pain. But his name is pain. That's, that's Jabez. Jabez the pain. I'm sure he could have said to himself, man, life's not, life's really not that fair. We looked at Joseph a few weeks ago. Joseph is, he's just walking around minding his own business, doing what his father told him to do. And his brother's like, we don't like you. And they throw them in the, it, they throw him in this pit. And from the pit, he gets taken out of the pit and he gets sold into slavery. This lady attacks him. I mean, life's not fair. I mean, we, we all can agree, we all can agree on that. No one, we've all been in a place where you're like, I don't really feel like life's not fair. And I think the reason why we live this life's not fair lifestyle is because we find ourselves in comparison. And we find ourselves in comparison. And what I, what I wanted, want you to know today is that comparison, it will haunt your heart. Anger will haunt your heart. Guilt will haunt your heart. And comparison will haunt your heart. Now, here's the deal with comparison. I, I've, I've learned all these things. I thought to myself, as I preach these messages, God, be, I, I, I think about these ideas, and I have these mainline ideas, and I have a week two, and a week three, and week four, and that's usually all I have. And then God begins to put the, the meat on the bones through all the weeks, and it really hit me that, man, guilt's not that big of a deal. But it becomes a big deal if you don't address the guilt in your life. Like when I feel guilty, if I, make a, if I do the right thing, I, the guilt leaves me. But if I don't get rid of the guilt, the guilt turns to shame. And anger is like not bad because the Bible says that God got angry and he flipped some tables. But the problem is that we don't address the anger, then we turn to bitter people. We don't, God didn't create us to be, create us to be bitter. In comparison, I learned this and God kind of shows me that comparison, if we don't address the comparison, that comparison usually leads to resentment. And I want to like Nicole, and I want to like Michelle, and I want to like the guy in the back, and I want to like the, the lady in the back. I want to like all this. But if I spend my time in comparison, then I'm, that's going to turn to resentment. I'm not going to be able to like the people that God's called me to like. More so than that, I don't, liking, liking is relative. The Bible's called me to go out and to love my neighbor. But if I, pull into my, if I pull into my house tomorrow, and my neighbor's got something better than me, and, and, and I, I begin to compare, and that, compar- that comparison reser- turns into resentment. And you don't want to get to know someone that you resent. You can't love all people at all times and all places if comparison is sitting in your heart. And then resentment, get this, comparison leads to resentment. And then usually resentment leads to isolation. And you ain't, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. I was listening to a conference this week. Did you know this, that the, the amount of lives taken, suicide, the, the, that amount from last year, the amount from last year, we already we already met that amount in May of this year. All of the all of the lives taken last year, we've met that at, by May this year. That's not okay, and I, I believe a lot of that is. I mean, there's there's some chemical things. There's some things you gotta go see a doctor if you're in. I I'm, I'm all for that. You should go see the doctor. I, I believe God's a great physician, but I think He created doctors so we can go get help. I, I believe that with all my heart. It's like saying to someone, hey, you have a disease, good luck. Like, if I have a headache, I take Tylenol. Do I pray? Yeah. Do I hope it works? Yeah, but I also take Tylenol. If I break my leg, the do- you know, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not like, hey, Dinah breaks leg, I'm going to say, hey, Dinah, pray about it. I think there's doctors there, there's doctors for, for a reason, but the reason, I believe a lot of the situations we find ourselves, a lot of people are finding themselves isolated. And maybe the angerness, it leads to isolation. Maybe the, the guilt, maybe it leads to isolation. But I know the comparison, it leads to isolation. I think a lot of things in life that are sin, they really, they lead us eventually to isolation. There are enough of isolated people out there. You weren't created to live an isolated life. It doesn't work that way. I got a lot of, I got two counselors on my side over here on the front row. I got a counselor on the second row over here today. And I think you don't have to go very far. You have a conversation with them. If you don't, if you don't get to listen to the pastor, listen to some doctors and some counselors. But isolation doesn't work. It just, it's not healthy. You can't go the distance 
in isolation. I think there was something to the fact that Jesus had three disciples or that he had 12 disciples, but three were really close to him. I think there was something there. I think there was something there, the Apostle Paul that we look to as a as leader. I think there was something about the Apostle Paul that he had a, a Barnabas and he had a Timothy. I think there was something there. I think there's something that Titus, he had a Paul in his life. I think there's something there. I think you need to have a, 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 a mentor in your life or some friends in your life or a community group. I was with a friend of mine. So he's like, I don't really, I'm not really big into the community groups. I'm like, man, you may not be big into community groups, but you better be big into community somehow. You need people in your life. It's not a, it's not a message on community. But here's what the Bible tells us. Oh, I, I saw this this week. I think it may help you. The fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. I, I watch, I, I watch uh, Matt, I watch his videos, uh, his golfing. It would be very easy for me to compare my, my golf game to, to Matt's game. <laughs> One thing I realized about Matt's game versus my, Matt, versus my game, Matt's left-handed. So it, there's really not a whole lot to compare it to. It just looks so, it, I'm like, oh, he, he hits the ball far. He hits the ball far. Like, oh, I like that. Or he, he hits the ball accurate. Like, those are all good things. But there's a lot, there's a lot that doesn't equate to a left-handed guy and a right-handed guy. Sure, there's a lot of things that do, but there's a lot that does. There's a, I can, like, I'm just gonna do what he does. It'd be really hard for me to manipulate my hand, do what he does on the golf course, because I don't have that comparison. I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy out there killing the killing some really incredible things. And you know the most incredible thing that I know. The most some of the most incredible things, and some of the most incredible things that God ever made made is people. It's you, and there are people that are out there dying to meet you. And you can connect with them, but if you've got resentment in your life and comparison in your life, you'll never, ever meet those people. Galatians chapter 6, verse 4 says this, pay very careful attention to your own work. <laughs> Do you. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anybody else. That's the Bible. Like, I know you guys like that quote because it was, it, it, it just, it felt good. Like, like, it was really good, but this is better. This Bible, this Bible is better. The Bible says, Pay careful attention to your own work because then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anybody else. Here's the, the, the verse 5 says this. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers sharing all the good things with them. And we get in here, we start talking about, that verse is supposed to be there, but we get in this passage of scriptures, 4, 5, and 6. He's like, hey, there's a, there's a way to live your life. There's a, way to, there's a way to live your life in such a way that's actually right. And comparison's not it. Comparison... Is not it? James chapter three verse sixteen says this: For whether there is, for wherever there is jealousy, and self ambition, there you will find disorder, and evil of every kind. Man, when you see jealousy, who knows what else is going on around there? When I, when, when we've talked about this a little bit in this season, I've, I've talked to a lot of my mentors, and I've seen enough. This is a hard season for everybody. Like, they're, they're, no one's escaped this season. Like, with just skipping around. Like, oh, it's great. Like, you might have made more money, great. Your business might be up, your business may be down. But, uh, but you, this is hard on everybody. I, I go to groups, and some guy's like, yo, my marriage can't be any better. And I go to some groups, and they're like, yo, my marriage can't get any worse. Like, it's just like, I've seen it all. Yeah, I've got a lot of money in my bank account right now. Oh, I got nothing. I've seen it every, in comparison, it's not going to help us get through any season of life. It's just not going to. God's not called us to live with jealousy and self-ambition. Because when I've seen that there, there's a lot of other things that are going on. We, we say this in, in, in church world, or in, in marriage, and life, like the issue is never really the issue. You, you, go, you flip off on somebody and go get super, super angry on, on, on a person that you love or a kid, or they're not, they're not their issue. 
you're really not mad at them. Side note, super therapeutic moment. We, our softball team, got destroyed on Thursday night. Destroyed. Like, and it just, I went home, like, just, I don't, like, I don't know if I'm, I was like, I'm not going to eat in the next few days. Like, this is such a painful feeling. Like, it's just like, like, <clears throat> it's not that big of a deal. We, we, all, we always walk around, like, we talk about, like, the game, like, grown men crying. Like, it's just, like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Guys, it's, it's like, there's no scouts out there. Like, this is it. Like, we're, we have, at this point, it's just dad bods and raising kids at this point. Like, that's where we're headed. We know that. We get so intense. We get so intense. Here's what I know. We can't compare to the other team because that ain't going to help us get any better. We can only go out and be who God's called us to be. But what I've learned in this season is that where there's this verse, wherever, wherever there's, there's bitterness and there's, there's jealousy comparison, there's just so many other issues going on. There's just so much going on. And, and I'm, I'm, after, I'm after your heart every single Sunday because I want to be after the things that God's after. God's after your heart. He doesn't want your, your, he doesn't want comparison to haunt your heart. You missed there, this, this, this message to go like left and right really fast, really, really fast. There are so many things that come when you're in community and when you're congratulating people and when you're celebrating people than when you're comparing with, with other people. I love Alma. Alma she, she's one of, she's my daughter's small group leader. I love her. I love a lot of you guys. But she's blessed me so much. I would miss out on so many blessings if I was comparing myself to Alma. I would miss out. She got a car last year. I'm like, oh, I like your car. But when you're a pastor, you want to say stuff like that. So usually people say, you want to try it out, Pastor Dave? Pastor West? You want to try, you want to try this car out? <laughs> like, I know you're used to a red minivan, but you just want to be like, yeah, that's a nice car. They want to say, yeah, you want to try it? I'm not going to drive BMW. <laughs> you, can't fit, you can't fit six people in a BMW. You just can't. I, I would have missed out on so many blessings by not, if I didn't, if I compared myself to Mike Nardello, who live in different neighborhoods, live in different different communities. If I compared myself, I wouldn't go to have coffee with him and get to learn some things from him. That'd be silly. I would miss out. What if I compared myself to Nelson up here? That jacket was fire. But like, I would have missed out on so many, I would miss out on dinner with him on Friday night, laughing and joking. If I compared myself, I would miss out on so many, so many incredible things. Bible talks about in Romans chapter 12, and I don't have time to get in there, but we have that first Thessalonians passage. I want to read off the screen if you have it. The Bible says this, and so, no, first Thessalonians. Do you have that passage? I just want to read one more scripture before I move on if you have it. If we don't have it, it's okay. Let me give you my message. Here it is. Comparison won't get you what you want. Comparison won't get you what you want. I've, you don't have to find it, guys. Comparison won't get you what you want. Here's, you know what I know? A lot of us, we're, we're trying to get some things that we want. Comparison's never, by comparing myself, I've never got a better golf swing by comparing myself. I never got the car I wanted by comparison. I never got the things that I wanted by comparing myself to those, to those people. I've never got what I, what I, what I've never got what I wanted comparing anything to anybody. Oh, look at them. Look at them. I follow pastors and churches on, on, on social media to see what they're doing and see if what they're doing is working or what it's not working. And if I go down the rabbit trail and I don't need, that, I, that's not going to get me what I want. That's not going to get me what I want. Here's the second thing. Comparison won't get you what you want. Here's the second thing. Comparison won't get you what you need. Because what you need is Jesus. And comparison is not going to lead you to Jesus. Like everything in your life, you, I hope, is leading you to Jesus. Or it's because of Jesus, you're going in a direction. Comparison won't get you what you want. Comparison won't get you what you need. And what you need is Jesus. We all need that. 
that, that's, that's, the, that's, that's this whole big deal of this thing. Like we, Jesus saves us, and then every day after that, we just need more Jesus, more Jesus, more Jesus. I was talking to Matt, one of our, one of our young leaders, and interning with us, and, and he's like, I was like, hey, Matt, have you, are, you, are you ready to preach? I'll, I'll be ready. So I saw him a few days later. I was like, how's it going? He's like, I've been writing sermons. I said, really, have you been preaching? He's like, who am I supposed to preach to? I said, I don't know. I just figured I'd ask you if you've been preaching. He's like, I set up my camera. I've been preaching to my camera. And you don't, if you, if you get to, like some of you guys, you run out of church really, really fast. I'm trying to get to know you. If I spell you, like if I, some of you guys, I have to like throw like, a, like one of those, like um, the, the cops use them for like the flat tire things. Some of you guys, I got to throw, you guys like, I'm, I want to get to know some of you guys. Some of you guys, you're moving a little bit too fast for me. <laughs> Slow your roll. So I say to him, if you get to know me, it's, it's like question after question after question. I won't ask, there's two questions I won't ask you. Your blood type and your social security number. Actually make it three and who you're voting for. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Those are three things. Those are three things I ain't going to ask you. I can tell who you vote for. I saw the stick on your car. <laughs> I don't have to ask you. I drove through your neighborhood, you know. Um, those are three things I'm not going to ask you. I, I, I don't need to. But here's what I know. Every, you know so he's like, I've been preaching to my screen. So, you know what I mean? I always have another question. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm loaded. I said, when are you going to let me see it? Oh, I'm not ready for that yet, Pastor Wes. I said, I know how you feel. My, my, my pastor is here today, Diana's dad, my, one, of, one of my pastors, our pastor, Diana's dad's pastor, like one of my pastors. And um, my first sermon, like I, I, I prepared for a 30-minute message. You know how long a 30-minute message preaches for when it's your first time? Two minutes. <laughs> I was so ready. I'm like, I was one of the 150 pastors. I'm like, I'm going to go up here. I'm going to light this thing up. Two minutes. All my notes were gone. <laughs> Two minutes. You're like, he must have been talking really fast. I got scared. was sweating. I used to talk faster. <laughs> Some of you are like, there's no way. Come on. Jesus can heal anything. You know what I'm saying? Here's what I wanted to, to land with today. If you want to compare, we need to trade we need to trade comparison for contentment. We need to trade comparison for contentment. If you were thankful for what you have, you'd realize you have way more than you actually think that you actually have. You gotta be more content. Be thankful. Thankful. You know they say the grass is greener where you water it. Like put some time and some effort and energy. All the best things in life require work, effort, energy. It takes work, effort, energy. Everything. Let's trade the comparison for contempt. Let's be thankful. I shared a message this week on, on social media on being thankful. Like let's be a people of gratitude. You know what? You know I I, I spend a lot of time with people and they're in a, a lot. There's a lot of entitlement culture. When I get so mad with the entitlement culture. Usually entitled people, they don't have gratitude. The Lathans are in the back. They're, they're building a, a, a restaurant out in Claremont. I'm sure they wished. I'm sure they wished they could have had it out launched already. I'm sure. I'm sure they wish it would have cost less. It always costs more and it takes more time. I get that. I'm sure they wish that COVID-19 wouldn't have happened. Like, I'm sure all those things are true. But you know what I've noticed about them? They're, they have some contentment. Seems even worse. We can't, we can't control that. We're going to be content right here. I can see all that through their social media. They have contentment. They're like, man, that's, that's pretty good. Some of y'all, I don't know if I can see contentment on your social media. But I can see it on theirs. So it's all about Jesus at this church. If you want, as I was going to say to you, if you want something to compare yourself to, compare yourself to the person you were.
and what draws you. Compare yourself to the person you were before you had communion with Jesus. Like, compare yourself to that person. And I'm so thankful I'm not that person anymore. I can compare myself. Like, I don't even think I, look, knowing, knowing what I know now, I don't think I even like the 15-year-old West Beecham. I'm not sure I like the 25-year-old West Beecham. But about 25, 26, I'm like, oh, I was so hypocritical. I was a full-time pastor, part-time Christian. Only read the Bible for sermons. Didn't read it because I wanted to know who God was. I just read it because you're supposed to. I tithe, not because I wanted to, because it was like I come from my heart. Because you're, I was living this, this supposed to life. Everything was just because you're supposed to. It wasn't because I love Jesus. Just supposed to. And that day at 25, I was like, God, God, I'm not, I'm not. This, this is about me in so many areas. This is, this is. The, I'm gonna quit making it about me. I'm gonna make it more about you from now on, Lord. And now I can compare myself to the 20, like 25 year old West. I like, I like, I like the 30 something year old West way better than the 20 something year old West. He was a punk. He said more rude things than he says today. He was a jerk. He wasn't thoughtful to people. He was selfish. He's less selfish today. You're like, wow, this is like self-deprecation Sunday. That's who that guy was, though. You and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have went to Wes's church at 25. Hope churches, God's church, God's church. I wouldn't have went to that church. That's why I, why I didn't start when I was 25. Because God knew nobody would go to that church. Wes, you wouldn't even like yourself. And God began to develop me. And I was in a season of anger. And that man right there said to me, hey, you need to give grace because one day you're going to need it. And I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. And that shifted, that day shifted. 2008. And I began to shift. Some anger left my heart. Some bitterness left my heart. Quit comparing myself. Quit comparing myself. Quit comparing as much. But now, I compare myself to who I was before the cross. And I want to encourage you today, let's compare ourselves to who we were before the cross. We're going to take communion together this morning. And um, before we talk about communion, does anybody not have one? Because we're going to bring you one if you don't. Yo, 100% success rate? Come on. This church is, it's not perfect, but it's getting, it's getting there. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're nailing the community. Oh, up here, sister, sister. She literally is my sister. We don't call people sister and brother here. But you can if you want. Uh, the Georgines right there, third row. Hey, we're going to take communion. Before we do, we just want to spend a time worshiping God and just getting our heart right. Because we're not going to take it together. We're going we're gonna to sing the song together first. So I want to invite you to stand to your feet. And before we sing this song, would you just take a moment, like don't, like they're going to start singing, but you don't have to start singing. Would you just take a moment and just clear your heart? Would you say, God, I, I got some, maybe you have some bitterness and some anger and some contempt, contempt some, some resentment, and you have some issues in your life that, 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 that's haunting your heart. You don't want to take communion until your heart's right. Like if you're going to have communion with God, you want your heart to be right. So would you take a moment, would you bow your head, would you close your eyes, would you just spend a season where you're at just saying, God, I, I want my heart to be right. And I just make make your seat where you're at an altar just for a few moments. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is calling. 
How you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling.
you've looked at us, you can pay yourself to us. You were in heaven, and you, your Father sent you down to earth for us so that we could have a changed life, so we could have salvation and grace and mercy and the goodness and all the things that come with salvation. We get to have all that because of you. We're so thankful. We're so glad that you didn't compare yourself to us. We're so glad that you don't have a resentment issue, God. We're so glad that you don't have angerness in your heart and bitterness in your heart and comparison in your heart, God. The only thing in your heart for us is love. We're so thankful for that, Lord. We need, we need your love this morning. We need your grace this morning. We need it every day. There isn't a day that goes by where we don't need your grace and your mercy. We're so, so, so thankful this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you take back that top piece, we're going to take the bread together first. The Bible says in, in the scriptures when the, he got with the disciples right before he went to be crucified, he, he took the bread and he broke it for his disciples and he, and he served every single one of them on that, on that last supper day. And he's feeding out the meals and he says, hey guys, my body is going to be broken for you guys in just a few days from now. And every time we take communion, we're remembering what God has done for us on that cross. And um, I'm so thankful for that. Every time we take communion, I'm so, 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 so thankful. And, and the thankfulness that I have today should be a thankfulness that rolls into every other day of our life. We should always be thankful for the cross. If it wasn't for the cross, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't celebrate. We wouldn't have what God has for us if it wasn't for the cross. We're so, so, so thankful for the cross together today. So today when he says take that bread, don't forget what I did for you on the cross. Don't forget that my body was beaten beyond recognition for you, for your sins, and for my sins. So let's take the bread and eat it together. Roll back that second layer. We're gonna take the cup together. He tells the guys, the disciples, the friends of his, the closest, his closest people. He said, "This is my, this is my cup, and it's gonna be poured out for you." His blood came streaming down. I, and I, I think about sometimes when my, my kids trip said to me yesterday, he goes, "Hey, I need to," because I, I cut my leg and I need I need to I need to I need to wash my sheets. I thought to myself, what Jesus would have looked like on that day on, on, on the cross, the blood-stained body. This wasn't a little little splinter. It wasn't a little, a little prick on your finger if you're gonna if you if you ever given blood before. It's a, I mean, he was beaten beyond recognition. The Bible says they took a they took a, a whip and they beat him and they put, took a crown of thorns and shoved it on his head. The blood would have just been covering his whole entire body, and that blood was poured out for you, and that blood was poured out for me. So let's take the cup together this morning. Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for your body and your blood that was poured out for us. Lord, may we never forget, Lord, communion is on a Sunday morning where we can have communion with you every single day. So today we, we celebrate what you did for us on the cross. We needed it so bad. If it wasn't for the cross, if it wasn't for your body, if it wasn't for blood, Lord, there'd be no need to celebrate this morning. We don't know where we'd be without you, God. But because we have a relationship with you, Lord, we know we're going. We look forward to that day. In Jesus' name we pray. We're going to worship before we head out into another week. This song is called Sea of Victory. And I think that we have seen victories this morning. We've seen victories through this series. Some of you have seen victories through guilt and through, through anger and today even comparison. So let's see a victory this week in everything that we do. Let's see a victory on our social media feed. Let's see a victory at our job. Let's see a victory in our relationships because we have a Savior who died on the cross for our sins. That in itself is a complete victory that should dictate victory for every day of our lives. So let's worship together, declaring this morning that we're going to see a victory this week in whatever area that you need a victory in. Come on, declare it this week in your life. God, we give this worship to you.
formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Come on. My God will never fail. Come on, my God. Oh, my God will never fail. Because I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory for the
the battle belongs. Come on, it's not even your battle, it's his. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a 